I'm sorry, everybody. We would like to interrupt your program real quick. This is past slash future Daniel speaking. And this is past slash future Nathan speaking. We wanted to give a shout out to a few friends of the podcast today. Yes. A couple of fellow podcasters out there, awfully Irish. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for having us in your own podcast. If you want to check out their stuff, you can definitely find them on YouTube, I believe, right? Yeah, and a number of other platforms. I really enjoyed speaking to the awfully Irish lads. They were a great crew. Lots of fun. Yeah, super fun. It was a great time. I would love to be a guest again. And I also want to give a shout out to So Horrified. Yeah. So Horrified is a podcast that reviews horror movies that are horrific for all the wrong reasons. A while back, they were looking for recommendations. I recommended Deathbed, The Bed That Eats, and they did that episode, and I feel a little guilty about it. <laughs> you should listen into the episode. I may have scarred Sadie by suggesting she watches this movie be sure to check out both of these podcasts out they're good people thank you for the shout out and awfully irish thank you for having us on your show definitely thank you and now back to your regularly scheduled program welcome to streaming thoughts where we stream our thoughts on movies tv and all things nerdy i am daniel and i am nathan and welcome to our podcast so nathan what is on the docket today? Man, we are approaching the end of the summer, and I don't know about you, but my typical end of the summer nerdy activity to close out before getting kids back to school and everything going back to new routine has always been the Festival of the Renaissance. <laughs> the Festival of the Renaissance. I love that. <laughs> Red Fair, Renaissance Festival, called different things throughout the country. Is this a entertainment venue of your liking? You know, I gotta admit, I've actually never been to a Renfest, and I've always wanted to. They're great fun. I mean, you go out, you eat a lot of food, you drink a lot of beer, wine, mead, you see comedic acts, you see magic tricks, and your wife can spend all your money at local artisans with their handmade crafts. (laughs) It's great fun. For our local fair, this was going to be their 50th anniversary. Wow, 50 years, that's crazy. Unfortunately, they were holding out to the very end trying to hope that they could work something out maybe section off areas be in compliance with the 250 person limit for outdoor gatherings and still have their 50th anniversary but alas it was not to be oh that's a bummer the renaissance festival for our local area has officially been canceled as of this last week oh man that sucks well as of the time of recording this of course right yeah that's a bummer you've never been to the renaissance festival i never have no one's taking me to the renaissance festival next year i'm taking you all right maybe we'll have a streaming quick thoughts or something on your first renaissance experience (laughs) yeah that sounds like fun other news this is actually something i've heard about a little while ago and i was kind of bummed by it So I held off on it until I could get an additional confirmation that it is true. Have you been watching the Orville, Seth MacFarlane's sci-fi take on Star Trek? I have not. I've heard so many good things about it, though, but I haven't yet to see it. It is fun. It's quirky. It has Seth MacFarlane's humor, uh, not quite as debased as family guy can get down to, but definitely can tell his take on it. I know there are certain groups that 
he tries to be representative of and they don't exactly like how he chooses to be representative of them which is some fair criticism but Overall, I generally enjoyed his show. Unfortunately, it has been confirmed they are canceling it after the third season. Oh, man. Is this the episode where we just are just the bummer episode where we just have bad news to tell people? (laughs) These are just bummers for me. I mean, I was looking forward to seeing more of the Orville, especially since I believe the third season is going to be released directly on Hulu. The Orville was originally a Fox production, Mm -hmm. so naturally Disney now owns it. They were going to do a release on Hulu, so I was like, oh... I finally can be able to watch it as soon as it comes out. Unlike before, because I had to wait till it was available on some sort of streaming platform. Mm-hmm. And then they say, oh, no, sorry. We're, we're going to do that, but it's the last season. Oh, no. You know, I'm wondering now, though, if it moves to a platform of Hulu, I wonder if Hulu can pick up the series and then just make it a Hulu original. See, I thought that was kind of what I thought they were doing when I heard it was going to be on Hulu. But apparently, for whatever reason, they just are only making one more season of it. I mean, it could still happen. I mean, Hulu could still swoop in and revive the show. Letter writing campaign. Come on, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if enough people want it. But not everything's bad news. You've probably heard about this one. The Mandalorian has gotten a strong number of Emmy nominations, including the nomination for Best Drama. Wow, that's awesome. I had no idea about that, actually. I don't really follow much accolades when it comes to TV shows and movies, other than the Oscars, just because it's something I've been interested in since I was a kid. So it's been like a little tradition of mine. But other than that, like, not really. So that's really cool, though, that, that, that they're giving those awards to a, a sci-fi property. It's been a while. I don't know. What, what have, has it ever? Yeah, I don't typically follow those award programs either. But just the thought of a Star Wars sci-fi streaming platform release getting 15 Emmy nominations, including Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance, Outstanding Cinematography for a Single Camera Series... Outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes. Outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series. Outstanding prosthetic makeup. Outstanding music composition. Yes. Ludwig Göransson is the composer for The Mandalorian. He is also the composer for Tenet. Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon is getting outstanding guest actor in a drama series. Yeah, he definitely brought another level when he showed up. I mean, I could just keep going through these. I knew you would get excited over the music one, though. (laughs) Yes, of course. Oh, by the way, also Ludwig Göransson did the music for Black Panther. Yes, I enjoyed it. It gave me the spaghetti western in space feel that i think a lot of people kind of associate with star wars so this seems like a really good uh fit and i'm glad to see that it's getting a recognition for the quality of work that john favreau put into this absolutely i mean so much detail in this show and if you haven't seen it seriously check out the mandalorian it's on disney plus check it out if you haven't seen it it's amazing and it's cute there's a lot of cute moments yeah a lot of cute moments you're talking about the child of course (laughs) everybody loves a child my wife even caved and picked up the child cereal for the kids the other day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she never buys those like knockoff promotional cereal- cereals 
<laughs> if there's ever a crossover like the one that they showed on that episode of Parks and Recreation when that character played by Patton Oswalt was talking about how the Star Wars universe and the Marvel universe. Oh, yes, the Star Wars rant. If that ever happens, you know, the internet is going to go crazy when baby Yoda slash the child and baby Groot are being cute together. You know, Patton Oswalt is a huge nerd. And when they called him in to do that scene, they just gave him a prompt and he went off on it, off the cuff, just on his own. And there is an extended version of this. Like the full length of his rant is just available online. You should really check it out. It is hilarious. Yes, it's awesome. He goes on for a long time, and it's everything it had was just great. I mean, we've been on a lot of topics of superheroes, streaming services lately. Have you seen the new superhero movie where all the powers only last for five minutes? Yes. That is the topic of today's episode. Project Power is a new Netflix original film. That came out on August 16, I believe. No, excuse me. August 14 is when this movie came out. And it stars Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominique Fishback, new actor. Written by Madsen Tomlin and directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman. As Nathan said, this is a movie about a pill that gives users unpredictable superpowers by the way so you don't know what powers you're gonna get until you take the pill but there's also some other side effects right nathan such as one person who just straight up explodes i mean that was a callback (laughs) to i am not okay with this yeah (laughs) absolutely but instead of just the head it was the entire body and that was just gross that was gruesome and in the same scene another person who if you kept her warm enough she was fine but as soon as she was not actively being heated her power froze herself solid and this isn't no ice man i'm a living icicle no 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 she was dipped in liquid hydrogen gone right terminator 2 when he got frozen think of that although the special effects of this like in that moment when she is freezing the ice is just forming as her final breath escapes these were some cool impressive special effects okay i'm so glad you brought this subject of special effects because i was very excited to talk about that that whole scene with the ice was really cool but the scene with the guy who was the opposite the other element the fire guy right newt i was so amazed and impressed by the quality of flames fire is a really tricky thing to simulate and i was just amazed by how like real the fire looked and everything and the other thing that really impressed me with that scene was how realistic the firepower was because typically in most superhero films they cgi the flames onto the character afterwards so he's able to go around and pick stuff up and do things and the fire is only on him if you're really that hot if you're really that combusted with those many flames going off that's going to affect your surroundings area and they captured that really well i thought yes absolutely okay so do you want to know the trick as to how they accomplished the really cool realistic fire did they put them in a fire suit and actually set them on fire yup for four and a half minutes (laughs) nice (laughs) so 
that's how they did it. It's like, this fire looks so real because it was real. And that blew me away. I mean, obviously, the person, the actor, the stunt person wasn't on fire for four and a half minutes continuously. Obviously, they you know broke certain scenes and certain shots. But all told, he was on fire for four and a half minutes, which is not something I want to keep repeating over and over just so you can capture certain scenes. But the commitment, just shout out to that stunt double. I don't know that that person's name, but shout out to that person for being set on fire multiple times over and over for four and a half minutes. Props. Seriously. Reminds me of the old joke of the ultimate Comic Con cosplay where you go out in a Fantastic Four <laughs> onesie and, and suddenly he'll flame on and dump kerosene over your head and light it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> flame on. Oh. You know, that that just reminds me, like the future, the like 2060, where you're going to have holographic flames and all that, it's going to be cool, man. Halloween is going to be dope in that mm-hmm. in the future. <laughs> that will be cool. And I like the fire guy as one of the first visual representations of this power pill, because it definitely shows not every power is really all that beneficial even though this one yeah it gave him a really good fighting advantage i mean he took a shotgun to the chest and was able to keep going because of the flames and everything else and the power that he had absolutely and by the way just real quick to interject right here on that detail that you mentioned earlier as far as how if you're on fire you should really react to your surroundings the moment he landed on that couch everything caught on fire and that was a really cool detail yeah absolutely but the other cool detail i thought was even before he took the pill he had all those burns all over his body yes exactly when he took the pill and the flames started coming up he didn't seem to be feeling it and he was obviously surviving it but the flames were burning out his body from the inside out you could see like yeah once the power ends he might stop producing flames but he still has to deal with the fact that his skin burned and melted on him for five minutes yeah your five minutes are up but even in the chasing, his five minutes timed out and the flames went out, he was still charred and blackened. Yeah. He would have had to go through, you know, regular healing process to get back up to 100%. Yeah. And it looked like not all of his skin was able to heal, right? Because part of his face was fine. No, it didn't look like pretty much any of his skin was healing. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not not enough to be fair he took like four of them (laughs) that was the second round after his power ran out he's like oh my power ran out after five minutes i have a brilliant genius idea i'm going to take three of them at once and have it last for 15 minutes that's not how it works that's not how any drug works don't do that right no that's called if correct me if i'm wrong compounding yes as soon as he took all three pills i'm like oh this is not gonna end well for him (laughs) Nope, it ended up very poorly. His ability to generate fire and all that still was going strong even after being dosed with water. Like if you could tell that if he hadn't been on a constant stream of water, he would regain his fire abilities. But I think it was obviously the cause of him trying to continue to combust because that's what the pill was telling it to do. And the fact that it was constantly on wa- underwater, it's probably what caused him to... Even being underwater that was 
dousing the flames, he still started to flame on under the water and started belting out flames. Yeah. That's what gave the major his heads up and like, wait, how many did you take? Yeah. (laughs) And jump out of the way before the guy went, you know, supernova. Right. Which is pretty cool. And again, this is what I like about this movie is that twist on it, right? Is the fact that, yeah, these are, you know, superpowers and they're awesome and who wouldn't want to have them? But if we're talking about realistically speaking, if superpowers were introduced to the world, it will most likely be something like this where there are some serious side effects to what you're about to ingest, right? And it's not going to be like Captain America where like, crack the formula to the serum and it works and there's no side effects other than just everything is better. (laughs) As long as we just finish talking about Flame on Johnny Storm, let's talk about the invisible woman slash naked guy robbing a bank. (laughs) That was really interesting, by the way. I really like that. It was mostly his ability to just sort of reflect everything around, right? Kind of chameleon-like. Was it chameleon? Yeah. So like when he ran in front of a red ambulance, he turned red. And if he stood completely motionless, he more or less completely turned invisible. But as long as he was moving, he had that shifting pattern that made him a little bit visible. That makes sense, which I thought was really cool. And of course, it didn't work as well, right? Now that you mentioned that, because that explosion of that powder obviously covered his skin. So he, that area, he couldn't change anymore. He couldn't shift it because it was covered under that. So that makes sense. I tell you, the exploding dye pack that they slip in with the money when someone robs the bank, that has always been something that I'm really kind of curious what the truth of it is. I believe that there's a dye pack that will mark the money so you can't reuse the money without tipping off that you got it from this bank robbery but there's a lot of hollywood fiction surrounding it at the same time i have to tell you that is my one thing if i ever work in a bank branch i would be asking the dollars like so what are these die packs how, how real are these things <laughs> <laughs> right That'd be really interesting to find out if they really are real. And I guess, you know, if you see someone walking around with a bunch of blue ink or any kind of ink on their face. You're going to be a little suspicious that something was wrong. Yeah. Normally people don't walk around like that. And going on our Fantastic Four journey, we also had the stretchy Mr. Fantastic on the boat. Yeah. What did you think of the guy whose superpower was stretching? I thought it was really interesting. The way that they handled the animation for that was a little weird at first, but I think that they kind of nailed it ultimately. Taking this from a martial artist perspective, I was looking at it and he was trying to put these locks and arm bars onto this guy that on a normal person would be very effective. So I kind of liked how they showed the stretchiness and his flexibility on his superpower basically made him immune to that. And then he goes and turns on to more severe moves. He tries to do a kneecap break and the leg just bends backwards and bends back (laughs) which started to get very cringy because it looked really real i mean you could see the muscle you could see the bones and the sinews stretching and twisting to make these motions i was just like this is probably the most realistic stretchy person superpower we have seen yet yeah That's probably true. I mean, compared to every other stretch superpower that we've seen on film or TV or on screen, rather, I feel like that one was probably the most accurately portrayed. I'm with you on that. And the thing that kept it really accurate for me is even when he was elongating his arm and stretching, they were still 
having the conservation of mass. You can't suddenly gain more mass out of nothing. So his arm, as it stretched, had to become thinner in other areas. Right. Exactly. Which takes me to the one superpower that I really didn't think fit. The guy who was marketing and selling the pills to the drug cartels. Biggie. When he took his pill and he basically hulked out. One, why did only half his body hulk out? Yeah, I mean, whenever I saw his face... For example, only half of his face had those scars. The other half didn't. To me, the reason why he's only half of his face or only or he was only able to hulk out with half of his body is the simple reason as to why they were putting the drugs out in the first place, right? They wanted to beta test all of this stuff so they could improve upon it. Because it just didn't look like it was the final product, right? I mean, I think they said so in the film that this was a, an experiment that they were running. So I think it's more to do with that. Right. They're running a field test is what they said. Which I do want to get back to the field test. But that was the only one that kind of violated any sense of the rules that they're creating because, yeah, his superpower was he suddenly put on 2,000 pounds of raw muscle that wasn't exactly the best distributed on his body. Where is that supposed to go when the five minutes are up? Yeah, that's a good question, right? Does it just shed off of him like a chameleon shedding its skin did he shrink back down in which case it's like okay where did the mask come from where did the mask go of course we obviously never got that answer because he blew up (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you're right i think that the way that the superpowers are grounded in this movie was actually very interesting but for sure some of the ones were a little bit of a stretch for sure where we were now dealing with you know marvel level of superpowers right where we sort of really ground all of those in a reality of this would never exist you know it's a superhero movie right and we kind of all suspend our disbelief with that but with this movie they didn't present themselves in that sense they presented themselves more of like no this is a much more grounded movie and so following that logic there's obviously certain superpowers that are not going to fit. Right. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he got bulletproof skin, seemingly probably bulletproof bones and everything else. He just generally became more resilient. Possibly a little bit stronger because there was that scene that he cracked the pavement when he punched it. But overall, the biggest thing was he's bulletproof. What I liked about this is that they kept it very real. When he got shot in the face at point blank range, he fell unconscious. Because even if a bullet isn't able to pierce your skull, pierce your skin, it still has a lot of kinetic energy to do a lot of damage to your brain as your brain gets splashed around inside your, you know, bone helmet. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was only for a few seconds, but he still lost consciousness. And that is believable. Yes, it's absolutely believable. And that's why I mean most of the powers in this were very much grounded in reality. That's a aspect of this movie i really enjoyed and by the way that whole sequence or that scene with the slow motion when the bullet hit him on the face they actually shot a bunch of air to his face to kind of simulate that shockwave basically and so that's why it looks so good that because they combined the practical with with the digital and i thought that was really well done the other thing i thought was really well done is after he got shot in the head even though it the bullet didn't pierce his skin and the, after the power ran out he's kept 
a little mark right where he got shot for the rest of the movie. Right. And I like that it was also red, like it burned, which is also indicative of when you have a kinetic energy or impact on something, it's going to burn. That's why, for example, if Superman were to punch you full strength, you would disintegrate because <laughs> of the heat that would come out from his freaking fist. Or the Flash with his infinite mass punch. Like, yeah, the Flash can run at near the speed of light and he punches you. I don't care what your power is. You should turn into red paste at that point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because if you do the math for someone Barry Allen's weight, moving at the speed of light, and transmitting all that energy through a fist, that's not going to end well for you. Not too well for him either, to be honest. But he has a speed force to help him out. You do not. <laughs> no, that's true. There's that in favor. We don't have any of that. All we have is... The laws of physics. I did like all of the details. I mean, there's a lot of very small details in this film that I really enjoyed for sure. And and I feel like they really went the extra mile on showing us that. And they had to, right? I mean, because that was my main concern was going to be how does the superpowers are going to look in this movie. And I'm glad that they look great. I had no complaints with them in terms of presentation. Now, you know me. I can't watch a film like this. I have to always bring up Evil Incorporated's evil plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so they claim they have a small footprint that they're just operating for short times in one city or another but they have the massive freight boat that comes into port unloads shipping containers on the back of the trucks which then drives the drug out throughout the city and starts selling it to drug dealers. So not only do they have the means of connecting with all these drug dealers, they also have the means to pay off the port authority to allow them to unload without going through any customs or inspections. Before they arrive, apparently they already get all of the local police under their wing in operation. That's not a small footprint. Mm -hmm. That's a massive criminal drug cartel far and beyond any existing criminal drug cartel ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And how long would it take to pick this up? It's like, oh yeah, this uh, superpower drug showed up in New York. Uh-huh. And then it showed up in Miami. Uh-huh. Now it's in New Orleans. So only port towns. Yup. That seems odd. Anything else in common? Well, there's a freighting ship called the Genesis that shows up right before the drug hits the streets and leaves port right after the drug disappears off the street. Think that has anything to do with anything? <laughs> Nah. Nah. Let's not tell the guys. They'll figure it out. It's not worth it. That's not anything worth looking into. <laughs> exactly. The whole selling this to street-level drug dealers as a field test doesn't make sense to me. Because street-level drug dealers, they have rivals. They have their gangs. They have their enemies. What's the stuff them being like, oh yeah, sell me the superpower drug so I can then use it to take out your entire organization because we're rival gangs. So... There's a lot of confusion on that, for sure. There's a lot of back and forth on villains as far as how big the organization is versus how small the organization is. And in the movie, they definitely alluded to this particular organization as being a small operation. 
But to me, that sounded more like of a much greater operation because clearly the woman who was there, who was the main antagonist, who was the, you know, the head of the whole operation, it didn't seem to me that she had the capabilities to manufacture the pill without the help of other bigger organizations because she wasn't the first to discover it. I think she was there, if I'm not mistaken, with Major, right? Yeah, Major was one of the first test subjects on the drug as part of a military psyop sort of scenario, I think, is what the backstory for him is. Yeah, so to me, it seemed like there was a bigger organization that created this, that funded this, and that Genesis was just like a branch of that. That's what it seemed like to me, especially considering that the movie kind of ended in a way that could be looked at as a sequel baiting. They tore down this one ship to free his daughter, but the drug still exists. They didn't actually put a stop to the existence and manufacture of the drug. Right. And who knows? It looks like they weren't using Tracy anymore for any experiments. It could be that they already have everything they need to manufacture the drug. You never know. They manufactured the drug before Tracy. Tracy was a unique element in this universe where she has her superpower of healing herself and the things around her without having to take the drug. Mm -hmm. Right. Her powers are natural. So really it's the, in this case, there is actually at least one natural superhero out there and they were trying to capitalize on that to make their artificial superpowers long lasting and possibly even permanent. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like they could have gotten everything they needed from Tracy in the sequel and they can just continue and make the pills last a day, for example, instead of just five minutes. And that's how they've like massively improved upon the formula. Or even upping it to 10, 15 minutes would be enough motivation for a sequel, I think. You don't even have to go that far off of it. Just increase it to a half hour. It would be a completely different game at that point. Absolutely, yeah. Now, on the them trying to perfect their formula, did you pick up why... They had to twist the pill to activate that little computer part in order to release the catalyst so the power would work. No, I didn't. I saw that detail, but I didn't actually stop to think about why they had to do that. See, because I thought that was interesting because Joseph Gordon-Levitt's detective character took the one pill away from the guy who had already twisted it and activated the catalyst, but he didn't take the actual pill until the next day. So it's not like you can't twist it release the catalyst, you have to take it within a few seconds for it to work. It still worked the next day for him. What the twisting it was, was activating a computer chip that would then broadcast your biometrics back to the people in those shipping container trucks so they could monitor the results of what the pill was doing to your body and feed that data back to their R&D department. Nice. That is a very cool detail. I actually didn't think about it that way. Very cool. You see it when they reveal that the back office in the grocery store where she asked for the alligator wine starts to drive off. One of the rooms back there that he sees the observation room where they were receiving the data from the pills because the transmission of something like that wouldn't be very far. So that's why he would have to keep a data collection site in the same neighborhood as what's being sold. Right. 
so you could be within signal reach. Exactly. That's a very cool detail, actually. They didn't even think about it. Very well thought out and executed. That is one of my biggest things I have to say about this film is they paid a lot of attention to details to make sure there is consistency in what the motivation is and what they were doing and what they were showing. I still think doing a field test and collecting data by selling this as a street drug is a terrible idea. Especially since if any law enforcement that wasn't paid off is trying to investigate this and they pick up like, oh, the pill is transmitting data back to somebody. Well, let's just triangulate that transmission and track down who's receiving this data. Again, I I love the detail, but Evil Incorporated always has the worst plans. And that's one of the things about this movie that I feel like it's the only downside I feel like in this film. A lot of films have this problem including marvel films by the way very few marvel films don't have this problem and that is just lackluster generic villains it happened with the old guard right where we've got a pretty generic villain again the rest of the content was great but the villain was still not very compelling same thing with this i was excited when i saw that the villain was a woman i was excited where they were going to take that and you know when it comes to female villains mama from judge dread it's terrifying that was the great villain but here i just didn't really get much of it it was just more evil corporation had honcho not much else not much depth except for biggie biggie had a little bit more depth but that's because he had more screen time than the main head of the operation which i thought was just a really strange thing the number two in the organization gets more screen time than the the number one i mean to that point i think number one was just kind of this faceless evil doctor so presumably they knew this girl had powers and they knew that she might be the key to making their pill permanent and wanted to capture her for their experimentation so let's say they are smart and they started off offering major millions upon millions of dollars to allow his daughter to be experimented on and he was like nope i'm good i don't want that money and so they were forced to go the kidnapping route they also knew what his power was that he had this like super dangerous plasma wave that he could create when he had his powers on and they're selling this on the street i'm sorry after you get her out of the car and kidnap her you don't let that guy stick around to then use your own product to come after you if you know that he is that dangerous you just double tap him and tie up your loose ends Yeah. If you're the nice guys and you're trying to believe that you're doing a good service for the world by developing this pill, yeah, maybe you wouldn't do that. But you also wouldn't kidnap the girl either and forcibly hold her for human experimentation. Yeah. Again... I like to see depth in villains. We always have to point into the right villains that have existed throughout film. Villains that you can sympathize with are always very important, especially because that makes it more difficult for the audience to completely side against the villain. But in this movie, it's very clear who the good guys and the bad guys are. But I like when a movie challenges those notions. Black Panther, for example, is a good movie that challenges it. Right, because... Ultimately, you kind of understand why he has such a beef with Wakanda, what his motivation is. Because Black Panther's father murdered his father, and maybe there could have been a better way. Exactly. So the philosophies that the villain brings are philosophies that the audience can agree with. And if you write a villain that way, it makes it so much better. Gives it more dimension, more depth. Even with Thanos and 
the MCU, after Infinity War, there were people arguing that his plan of eliminating half of all life in the universe was actually a good idea because they gave his motivation for wanting to quote save people make things better made people ask the question of well would that have actually made things better would that have made it worse exactly so the fact that people were beginning to question whether or not that was a good idea is a good thing in the first place and that's what makes thanos a compelling villain even though deep down we all know no that actually would be a bad idea but wait a minute let's think about that for a moment let's dig deeper could what he said work could that actually be true right exactly and that again is what makes good villains this movie does not do that there are certain times when it works really really well again i always like to point this movie because i think this movie does a lot of really good stuff right especially for the action genre john wick john wick's villain is pretty generic bad guy but hey at least it was compelling because he was a particular version of a bad guy but you gotta give me something unique even if the archetype of this is generic if you give your own twist to it i'm still going to be okay with that but not for this movie they did not do that here it was just super generic villain did you ever pick up on jamie fox's character the major having any other name than the major i didn't his name was mentioned but very briefly for the most part i just knew him as the major yeah and when the credits rolled and it said art jamie fox i was like who's art yeah exactly <laughs> i thought that was so weird that they put so much time portraying him as just the major and then in the credits that's not what he was called yes it was really interesting they definitely went with the major which i don't even remember if his name was mentioned or if it was just written somewhere i have no idea i don't remember that i mean even when the police captain sent frank the detective after him he didn't say yeah this is art aka the major he was like no they call him the major and the word is he's the source of it all stop him and we take our city back and you know i do want to also jump into performances here jamie fox and joseph gordon livett and dominique fishback the three main characters here i really enjoy the performance of jamie fox i think jamie fox is always going to be a very solid actor and same as joseph gordon levitt right two very experienced very solid actors that everything that they are in you know it's going to be a good performance joseph gordon levitt has slowly been going through a transformation for me because obviously i first knew him from the sitcom third rock from the sun and i generally enjoyed him on that and then he did some teen rom-coms such as 10 things i hate about you still kind of a little kid but christopher nolan's batman series he shows up as the robin slash not actually robin character and there's that end scene where he finds the bat cave and it reveals a suit that was left behind for him i still kind of pictured him as being younger and a little bit of a kid in that moment, maybe I could have seen a Batman movie with Christian Bale and Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a Robin running alongside of him. This Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I could totally see as a standalone Nightwing superhero. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I could totally see him in that. I think this one has shown the, the greatness he can do greediness really well. He's aged up enough that he's no longer carrying that useful appearance. He's able to have that kind of attitude of, I've seen a lot of stuff on the street and I have my own scars trying to fight against it. Yeah. Christopher Nolan, you sequel baited us a Joseph Gordon-Levitt 
superhero movie. Give us Nightwing. <laughs> Please. I want to see that movie now. That would be great. I was curious then. Now I really want to see it after his performance in this movie. Yes, absolutely. And just also props and shout out to Dominic Fishback. Really great performance for an up and coming actor. I mean, I pulled up her filmography and and television and she's only been active since 2013. So that's not very long. That's basically seven years. And to start in 2013 and then in 2020, you end up on a pretty big Netflix production. That's a pretty good trajectory. If you look at her filmography, she's definitely moving up. She's definitely getting more work being pushed her way because she is showing that she has good acting chops. But I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a dad myself, but I kept screaming at the DVDs like, go home, child. <laughs> yeah and the fact that she kept pushing forward and she had a big thing about oh everyone on the street talks about what it gives you but no one talks about you know what it doesn't give some people or how some people will die so she herself has never taken the pill because of that moment i kept actually expecting that at the end of the movie she was gonna take the pill and she was going to save the day yes I was also expecting that. She was going to make a, some kind of big sacrifice and save everybody. And that didn't happen, which I thought was really interesting. I was fully expecting that from the way that they kind of set that up. Right. And then they have that scene where Jamie Foxx is talking about the most powerful animal on the planet, the pistol shrimp, and how it can create the plasma in the water that just destroys everything. And he's like, they get these powers from animals. What do you think my power is in order to get the guy to let them out? When they actually do that, the pistol shrimp's power is kind of dependent on the water around it. So I'm like, would his power have simply not worked if it didn't conveniently start raining in that final moment oh because he was turning the rain into the plasma that was destroying everything that is a good question is that a requirement for pistol shrimps for their abilities to only work underwater i think that happens from the kinetic force doesn't it right but even when they were demonstrating the power with the special effects it was showing the the rain stopping in air and like being charged and being knocked out into the plasma force that he was throwing and blowing everything up with that's what i'm getting at is even the special effects was reliant on the rain i'm not a biologist i don't know exactly how a pistol shrimp's power works but it seemed awfully convenient that it was raining at the time he finally needed to use his power by the way if you know how the pistol shrimp's abilities work do let us know on facebook at streaming thoughts and on twitter at streaming geek yeah we definitely want to know i mean i know i could look at wikipedia but I will be patient and learn about that when somebody messages us on Facebook. But overall, with the way that it seemed dependent on the rain that didn't start until that last moment, how thoroughly destructive and effective his power was, I have to say, it's not quite a deus ex machina because they gave plenty of foreshadow that this was coming, but it still kind of felt like the same end result as a deus ex machina. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a very quick resolution. Very much that. I think I probably would have enjoyed Robin taking a pill at the last moment, getting some power, and that being the turning point that allows them to escape, even if it means that they didn't just outright destroy everything and everyone on that ship. Yeah, 
I mean, it would have been great. It was wrapped up a little too cleanly, a little too quickly, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But at the same time, it definitely left a good setup for a sequel. Yeah. So with that, do you want to jump into our TLDL? Too long, didn't listen. And this is a section where we give you our closing thoughts on the movie or TV series that we're discussing in the episode. So Nathan, Project Power, TLDL. I love the attention to detail. I love the fact that they tried their best to keep it grounded in reality while still elevating it to the fantastic. Overall, the general storyline is a typical male power fantasy of an evil group comes after my family and I'm going to become a one-man army to take the whole thing down to get my family back. But it's an enjoyable one. Certainly an enjoyable ride. Go ahead, check it out on Netflix. I highly recommend it. Absolutely. I echo those thoughts. I mean, the performances of Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominic Fishback were on point. I was very, very happy with what I managed to get from their performances. The cinematography and all that was really great. The special effects were amazing. The practical effects were also incredible. And in the combination of the two... I got, I'm not going to lie, I get a little vibes of Christopher Nolan with some of these effects that they got, which is a compliment because that man loves to mix the practical and the digital together. And yeah, the story is really great. Again, the only downside, obviously, is the villain. The villain is pretty generic. You're not going to get much out of this villain here, but it is still a really great story. Yeah, definitely check it out. And Dan, final question for the day, since we didn't really get onto it. Seeing the powers that are both effective, powers that will kill you when you use them, or just outright explode exploding when you first take a pill would you be curious enough to see what your power is to actually take a project power pill Ooh, not in the state that it was in the movie for sure i would not want to find out definitely not you don't want to play that russian roulette no <laughs> i saw what it did to that guy don't want that to happen to me i'm not gonna roll the dice but hey, if you're willing to take the pill... Tell us what you think your power would be. Yes, definitely tell us. I mean, we definitely want to hear about this. This is a great question. And you can tell us on our Twitter at... Streaming Geek. And on Facebook at... Streaming Thoughts. This has been Nathan. And this has been Daniel. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening.